0: save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an ac pro recharge kit today be a pro with ac pro
1: the following is a presentation of the treasure island baseball network
2: it's the show that goes around the horn with your minnesota twins with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office it's inside twins Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made.
0: And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday show. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis with you today from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Twins and the Phillies gearing up for the final game and the rubber game of this three-game weekend series. We get going with that about an hour from now. It'll be sunny gray for the Twins today at 5-5, and and lefty Ranger Suarez will oppose for the Phillies. Philadelphia took the opener on Friday. Twins came back and won big last night, setting up the rubber game here today. So we welcome you to our Sunday show and our guest on Inside Twins on this Sunday afternoon is the Twins Director of Player Development. Always a treat to have Drew McPhail joining us on the Sunday show. Drew, it's Corey in Philly. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Corey. Happy to be on, man. Uh, It's
0: always a pleasure to have you on. You've been on before, and I want to begin because we're going to dive into some minor league uh, names and some notes and some numbers that have popped up throughout the season, maybe some plans for a few guys here as the minor league season winds down. But first, some background on you. Where were you born and raised? And obviously, your last name, Twins fan, should recognize your dad, uh, Twins Hall of Famer, the longtime Twins GM, Andy McPhail. But what were some of your, your first baseball memories as a kid, maybe being with your dad around the ballpark?
1: Yeah, so I was born in Minnesota. Uh, my dad worked for the Twins for over 10 years. Unfortunately, I don't really have any memories from Minnesota growing up. We moved when I was uh, about two years old. Um, when I took a job with the Cubs, so really my first baseball memories are, are from him working with the Cubs, uh, and being in Wrigley field. I think like a couple that really stand out. One positive would be, uh, Sammy Sosa's historic home run record and run against, uh, Mark McGuire. I have a lot of awesome childhood memories going to the park and just hoping that, uh, Sammy would hit another home run. And that was a blast. And then one that sticks out, unfortunately, is probably the, uh, the 2003 uh, playoff run, that infamous Game Six when uh, um, you know the barman foul the ball, barman the, the yep. double play—that was that was a, a tough one that uh, that sticks out. I think uh, you tend to remember the uh, losses a little bit more in the win. So those are those are um, a couple of like the the big childhood memories for me.
0: And then at what point did you know, you know, after college and all that, that you thought, all right, you know, my dad had this great long career in baseball that I wanted to follow. Uh, A similar plan, maybe not exactly every step along the way, but when were you bitten by just maybe the front office bug, if you will?
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, Corey, pretty early on, me and my older brother both. My older brother Reed actually works uh, in the commissioner's office with Major League Baseball. We would always be begging to go down to spring training early, trying to figure out ways to get out of uh, a couple weeks of school and come down to Arizona early, and then always trying to wake up. My dad would try to sneak out as early as possible to, to go to the park during spring training, we'd be up at like 5.45 a.m. waiting for him to, to get ready to leave. So really ever since I could remember, you know, just spending time around a ballpark, knew that it was something I wanted to pursue, tried a couple other avenues in college of what that might look like and just kept on coming back to baseball, something that, you know, I felt like I had a real passion for.
0: And then last season you were the assistant in terms of uh, player development and then this off season promoted to uh, the director, uh, the, you know, I guess the big man in, in terms of that role. When did you find out and how was your, your, your daily life change going from assistant to director in terms of player development?
1: Yeah, I I found out in November, um, from Jeremy Zoll, our assistant GM and Alex Hassan, who was our previous farm director, who's now our VP of Fitting Development. Um, I found out in November from them and it was a shock. It was incredibly excited. I think, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, what's been nice is not a ton has changed. I think those two and really the entire Twins front office has done such such an awesome job preparing me for the role. Um, and also an awesome job of including me in some of, uh, those decisions that you make in the farm director role and my previous role that in a lot of ways it's felt seamless. I think if I could point, uh, you know, a couple ways that it's changed, it's probably just, yeah, you know, a little bit increase of stress level and then, uh, some later nights and some earlier mornings, you know, you're, you're figuring out ML moves, maybe the teams on the West coast road trip and you're figuring out um, some movement in, in St. Paul at 2 a.m., and then you're waking up to 7.30 a.m. tax about your uh, complex league. So that's been a bit of an adjustment. Um, but other than that, so far, it's been a blast of the year. Yeah, I guess you know your, your daily
0: responsibilities can vary, uh, obviously, depending on where you're at. But as you think about your day, and, and I'm sure it includes nonstop travel, right? Are you just constantly on the road, You know, not just in St. Paul, of course, but uh, visiting the various uh, affiliates throughout the season
1: yeah a ton of travel i'd say probably two and a half weeks plus every month um, on the road traveling to our various minor league cities um, honestly it's one of my favorite parts of working in player development before the twins i worked with the dodgers and i think one of the coolest pieces of, of just working in player development is visiting so many cities that i think i never would have gotten an opportunity in so many states i never would have gotten an opportunity to travel to and experience if I wasn't working in this role, I think at this point I've been to nearly all 50, minus maybe, you know, Alaska and Hawaii. So that's been um, a really cool piece of working in player development, and we're incredibly fortunate. We have an awesome, awesome affiliate setup, of course, with St. Paul just right down the street. So we're fortunate but it's definitely a lot of travel.
0: Yeah, the minor league season is winding down here in, in the next couple of weeks. And as you've traveled and you've visited the affiliates, put the wins and the losses aside from St. Paul all the way down to Fort Myers and, and Cedar Rapids, anything consistently stand out about how each affiliate is performing in terms of offense, in terms of defense, and pitching that's been that's been pretty constant?
1: Yeah, I'd say A couple things. I think uh, one thing we've made a really concerted push for really the past few years is just sort of on the offensive side, how we game plan for pitchers. I think you know each team is having various levels of success, Um, but one thing that's a constant is I think we do a really good job laying off pitchers' pitches and laying off pitches outside of the strike zone. We uh, are in the top three in all of minor league baseball and just not chasing. And that's a pretty consistent constant that you see offensively across all of our levels and to me that's an incredibly good sign of kind of controlling some of the things that you can control if a pitcher doesn't throw you a good pitch to hit Um, you know trying to be as patient as possible and force those pitchers over the zone and you know regardless of the personnel that's something that's shown up at every one of our affiliates and to me that's a really good indication of of success and progress offensively.
0: Is there a batter or two that that specifically stands out that's made a drastic change, just in terms of that, that used to chase more, but just based on maturity and coaching and game planning, has seen that chase rate plummet in the manner that you're speaking of?
1: Yeah, I think I could could point to a lot of players, Corey. A, A few that come to mind, I mean, Emmanuel Rodriguez, from where he was at in the complex level, to having really aggressive assignments last year to low A as a teenager, this year to high A. He does a fantastic job of controlling the zone. Eddie Julian, someone that's obviously you know, graduated and no longer a, a member of PD and, and really helping the, the big league club. He is someone that I think over the past few years has really evolved in that facet of his game. And I'm sure a lot of the fans now are seeing that play out at the, the most impressive big league level. Um, another guy that I point to Brooks Lee, who's someone I think came in an incredible contact skill. Um, I think a lot of times when you see those type of players that have a really impressive contact skill, they tend to feel like they can you know hit everything and, and get a hit on everything, and so you tend to see them expand a little bit. And not that Brooks is you know has like an elite chase rate, but I think you see that evolution of him starting to take in some of the information, understand um, where he has success for the pitcher is likely to have success that he's facing that night and sort of um, applying that to his game and through his lens. I think you're starting to see him make better and better swing decisions throughout the course of this entire year, really. And obviously he's had a ton of success. So those are a few guys kind of on varying levels of the spectrum, but I think all sort of taking in that information and applying it to themselves and you see them um, continue to make better and better swing decisions, you know, sort of over the course of their career.
0: We're chatting with Drew McPhail, the Minnesota Twins Director of Player Development here at Inside Twins, and we'll take our first break, come back, and we'll dive more into certain players. Brooks Lee, Walker Jenkins made his pro debut this week. We'll get to Andrew Bechtold. A health update, by the way, on Emmanuel Rodriguez also coming up on our Sunday show with Drew McPhail continues next on your Home for Twins Baseball. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis here in Philadelphia. Our guest on our Sunday show is Twins Director of Player Development, and his name is Drew McPhail. Drew, we ran through some names in our first segment. If we can dive back into that, let's begin to AAA. Uh, you mentioned Brooks Lee, the former first-round pick from 2022, was promoted from A AA to A within the last week or so. Why was the time right for Brooks to now get that promotion up to St. Paul?
1: Yeah, Corey, honestly, I think you know, probably a little past due for Brooks. He, um, you know, really has been having an awesome year ever since uh, we started in April, but I think particularly sort of, as we got a little bit closer to the deadline, the entire month of July, he had one of the best offensive performances of any one of our position players across all of our minor league levels, felt like uh, he was really hitting his stride. And in fact, like some of his peripheral numbers, just how hard he was hitting the ball, how the way he's controlling, Uh, the strike zone all sort of pointed to, if anything, he was getting a tick unlucky despite having one of the best offensive performances of July. So felt like it was a good time for him, um, you know, have a new challenge and to to reach triple A. I think he had sort of proven all he needed to in double A and really the next step for Brooks at this point, a little bit more exposure, some other positions. We view him as a shortstop. He played a ton of shortstop and, In double A, I think, you know, one of the big lessons is whenever you, you know, reach triple A at that point, you're sort of big league depth and, you know, positional versatility is always incredibly valuable. So feel like Brooks is ready for the challenge. And if anything, it's just sort of fine tuning a little bit. more of his value defensively across different positions but for the most part we feel like he's in a really good spot offensively
0: so he's been playing shortstop and Royce Lewis has been on his rehab assignment playing third base and it seems (laughs) inevitable here that Royce is going to rejoin the big league club hopefully in the next couple of days so at that point like you said will, will Brooks also then see some time at third base while while Royce is back with the big league club
1: yeah, I think, you know, we still view Brooks as the starting shortstop in AAA. He's still going to play a ton of shortstop. Think that he's, you know, going to play shortstop in the big leagues for a long time. I think like, you know, at that point when you're in AAA just being big league depth, it always helps to just play a few different positions, get exposure to that. You never you never want your your first start in the big leagues to be at a position that you haven't played a ton of before. So I think at this point it's just getting him some exposure during early work second base third base a little bit and then you know also having him get a little bit more exposure in game to the third base maybe even second base at some point but just getting him a little bit more exposure there ultimately the minor leagues their practice games and just want him to not have to you know at some point play a position that he hasn't played a ton of before at the big league level when it matters so he'll still be the everyday starting shortstop still mainly playing shortstop I think you'll start to see him maybe move around a little bit more as he just starts to just, um, kind of round out his game a little
0: bit. A couple other guys I wanted to ask you about in, in terms of the St. Paul roster. Louis Varland was his name, the Twins' minor league pitcher of the week, so his numbers have looked really good here lately. Right now, there are no vacancies with his Twins rotation, but as the AAA season winds down, as you and Derek and Thad and, jo- and Jeremy Zoll and many more begin to think about, a role that Varlin could have still on this team once St. Paul's season ends. Are you guys even talking about internally Varlin as a potential bullpen option come September?
1: Yeah, I'd say, Corey, that's probably a decision a little bit above my pay grade. Obviously, Louis had an awesome uh, last few outings in Triple A. He's really dominated. Um, I think like one thing that's really helped him is he's add, added a two-seam fastball to his repertoire something to sort of keep righties honest so that they can't stay on that slider that cutter they have something kind of boring in on them as well and he's had a ton of success with that so far so we're still incredibly excited about him as a starter i think you know you you see him in short stints you know last year when he first got to AAA, he's pumping 97 plus touching 99 Obviously, that can be the idea of that can be incredibly alluring for a potential playoff Bush in the bullpen. I think the plan for right now is for Louie to continue to start, um, but certainly might explore him potentially being the second option of a piggyback start in AAA where he's still getting starter innings, but maybe he just comes out of the bullpen in the fourth inning just to get a little bit more exposure and familiarity with that in case that's what the big League club ultimately calls on him to do. If, you know, the personnel and, and the opportunity seems right, and that's what the big league club needs for a playoff push. So certainly keeping all of our options open there. For now, he'll continue to start, but can certainly see a world where, you know, in the next couple of weeks maybe you see him come out of the bullpen and get starter innings from there just to get a familiarity with what coming out of the bullpen looks like. Kind of back to the Brooks' Lee point, never want, you know, the first time a player does something to be in the big leagues um, when it ultimately matters. So I think, like, just getting him a little bit more practice there, some experience with what that is like, so that he's prepared for that. If, you know, the big league club calls on him to do that, that will be sort of the plan moving forward. Um, but ultimately, that's a decision for for Derek and Thad. All right,
0: one more, uh, then we'll take our final break. I, I saw this week, too, that Andrew Bechtold picked up his first professional yeah. win. And for those that don't know the story, Bechtold's been a catcher. He's been an infielder. But this season you guys made a decision to try him on the mound. So how did that come to be and and what does that mean for Andrew's future moving forward?
1: Yeah, Andrew is an incredibly hard worker. He's really an awesome kid and an incredibly talented kid. Like this is someone that has incredible raw power, has a really impressive arm, is a cerebral dude, he's smart enough for the catching position. I think, you know, as he got to double A, we're just trying to figure out ways to give him a little bit more versatility to kind of give him a little bit more potential big league value. We first went to the catching piece since he was a cerebral dude, had a really good arm and was hitting pretty well. Um, This year in, in AAA, kind of a funny story. He was catching bullpens all day during early work. I think he caught 45 minutes worth of bullpens. He was wearing plastic spikes. And for fun, he decided to throw a bullpen. And he touched 99 with really impressive fastball movement. And I got a text from our our pitching coach, one of our pitching coaches, uh, Peter Larson. And he just mentioned that that back hit 99 in a bullpen where he was just kind of messing around. And five minutes later I called him and I told him that's, you know, if we're talking about a route to the big leagues, I think like guys that throw 99 with really good fastball movement usually have a pretty easy route. Um, So we just sort of started exploring it, started working through a way that we could just conservatively and responsibly build them up for potential pitching innings over the course of really May and in the entirety of June. And right now, Andrew's playing as a two-way guy. He picked up his first win in AAA last week, like you mentioned. He's you know pumping 96-plus. And we're really excited about the, the opportunity there. Now, this is really the first time he's ever pitched in his career, and it's in AAA, so it's one of the most difficult leagues in the world. And you've got ABS, the Automated Ball Strike System, which has been especially tight this year. So it's definitely, you know, a tough assignment for Andrew, but I think as he just gets more comfortable reps, as he gets more familiarity with pitching, there's a ton of potential there. So we're really excited about him. And yeah, we've got our very own two-way player at St. Paul. So very much uh, worth the price of admission there. We're, we're excited about the future with Andrew's pitching career.
0: Right, we'll take our final break on the show. We'll come back. A couple final thoughts with Drew McPhail next you your home for Twins Baseball. This
2: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
0: It's our final three minutes of Inside Twins, brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Twins Director of Player Development Drew McPhail. So, Drew, about three minutes left. A couple of final topics to bring up on the show. First Friday night for Cedar Rapids. I saw a video of Emmanuel Rodriguez, center fielder, one of the Twins' better young prospects. He collided with the wall in center, making a wonderful catch. Physically, how, how is he doing?
1: yeah thankfully good news there he's doing fine we got an update uh yesterday morning and and really no concerns He's, he's able for all baseball activities of course he hit a home run that night makes an unbelievable play diving into the wall um so we're incredibly lucky and excited that he's ultimately okay and that's just sort of what we've gotten accustomed to watching emma do and make spectacular plays on the baseball field but thankfully fully good to go Walker Jenkins, his pro
0: career is off and running. Either were you down in Fort Myers to see that or just uh, watching all the videos like like we have from this past week?
1: Yeah, I haven't been down there yet. I'm actually going next week. So, unfortunately, just watching the videos like like everyone else. Uh, I do have kind of a funny story on Walker, though. Uh, Was there for his press conference, and Scott Boris mentioned that first time he met him, he uh, saw one of his night games, mentioned he'd love to watch Walker hit. And Walker was like, great, let's do it. And Scott thought he was joking, uh, but they actually went and hit at 11.30 p.m. And I remember hearing that during the press conference thinking like, oh, it's a funny story. Probably maybe a bit embellished though, but sure enough, the uh, the literal first night that he came down to Fort Myers, our VP of Hitting Development, Alex Halfland, was in Fort Myers as well. and was just texting him to welcome him. And Walker asked if he could could hit, and Alex said, yep, that sounds great. I'll see you first thing in the morning. Would love to hit with you. And Walker was like, no, I I mean right now. And he had just landed in Fort Myers at 11.46 p.m. So sure enough, he got there to the complex at 12.15, and they hit from 12.15 to 2.30 a.m. So I think that's just a kind of a fun story, just illustrating like Walker's work ethic so far. He's been unbelievable to work with, obviously off to an incredible start, and we're really excited to have him.
0: Hey, Drew, have about 20 seconds left. When do you guys make a decision on the fall league and who's going to go out to Arizona?
1: Yeah, we're starting work, working through it right now, Corey. Um, we've, we've got some names in place, starting to reach out to guys, so that's going to happen in the next couple of days. And usually just kind of go for guys that we feel like it's going to benefit most, whether that's they've missed some time due to injury. We think that the level of competition would suit them for if they're making a big jump next year. So we're working through that right now, extending invites, and we'll hopefully have that solidified in the next uh, few days actually.
0: Hey Drew, thanks for your time as always today and good luck these next uh, few weeks as the minor league season winds down and we'll see you soon.
1: Of course thanks Corey, appreciate
0: it. Uh, we thank Drew McPhail for joining us here on Inside Twins brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins and the Phillies coming up in just a bit but first Lexi Schweiner's pregame show is moments away. Then we'll have game three Twins and the Phillies coming up on your home for Minnesota Twins Baseball.
2: You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are
0: made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this.
2: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.